views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT and Take12Radio.com are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Walking Through the Big Book with Chris Schroeder and Monty Meyer. And now, here's those two guys who investigate prior to contempt, Chris and the Monty Man. We have come around the corner, my friends, of this wonderful workshop that we have been going through, walking through the big book with Chris Schroeder and uh, I, your co-host of the Monty Man. We are on uh, the last part of our journey here. We are, we are getting ready to wrap this thing up with a vision for you, the, the last part of a vision for you. Um, I want to know, however, because we did uh, we did promise uh, in a couple of the other earlier shows uh, that we were going to talk about Dr. Bob's nightmare. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make that a bonus feature, and um, we just I don't know. I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but but we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. But uh, this DVD set is available for you for $25 that includes shipping and hand, excuse me shipping and handling uh, you can uh, get this by going to our website at take12radio.com and uh, you can <coughs> click on the link right there on the the first page uh, and you'll see what it, ta- it talks about the walking through the big book uh, DVD you can also click on on the link on the page that this is broadcasting on to get that as well. Uh, Chris, are they going to be able to go to your site and pick it up too, or are, are you not able you know, to do we that? Haven't, we haven't talked about we that. We really haven't, uh, no. I'd be happy to link back to uh, uh, to you. Uh, oh, that'll I, work. I, I think you're you're the guy who's going to be marketing it, and I'd be happy to do that. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. Uh, uh, afflicted and affected. Is it afflicted and affected or the afflicted and affected? Uh, afflicted and affected dot com. Yeah. Afflicted and affected dot com. Not afflicted and afflicted. Or say it three times fast. Afflicted and afflicted. Uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just want to encourage everybody to go to afflicted and affected dot com, and listen to uh, uh, Chris's shows. And he's got uh, uh, um, uh, videoed uh, many of the people that he's interviewed. You're just going to find a whole lot of people. Uh, in the uh, the area of professional uh, recovery, the professional recovery field, a lot of people that know what they're talking about. And, you know, we talk a lot about, Chris, about, you know, we criticize two bodies of people more than anybody else in, in Alcoholics Anonymous and the other 12-step fellowships. It seems like we criti- criticize the church and we criticize uh, recovery professionals. And it's like those are our biggest advocates. Uh, they're also 
the people we need the most when we're in trouble. <laughs> I know, uh, but there's a lot of a lot of folks on there. You guys are going to really enjoy um, those interviews that that Chris has up on there. Um, and if you forget that, you can just go to right down there on just all of our pages. Uh, about three quarters of the way down, there's a white banner, and on the left hand side of the white banner, you see a a uh, one of those life buoy things. What do they call that? A rescue buoy or something? Uh, I uh, I think um, I think it's uh, a life preserver. Life preserver. As, as the as the drowning needs to seize the life life preserver, that's how we're supposed to grab on. That's right. Uh, to this recovery thing. And uh, and, and there that's there. Just click on that and you can go to Chris's website. Um, but we we want you to know that the funds that we gather from this thing, it's really almost at cost. But folks, the funds that we gather from this thing go to further uh, the the. Um, the broadcasting of our sites and and because we're not making any money off this we just we want make, we want to make sure that you get this series we want to make sure that we can continue to broadcast and i know i know that when you play this series for your friends and family and your groups and so forth you are going to be richly blessed i promise you not so much for what we have done but for the nature of god and uh, what what he's doing through this thing, um, we we're just so thankful to our higher power for allowing us to do this. Uh, okay, Chris, we are wrapping this thing up. Let's go out with a bang, my friend. Where are we okay, at? Okay, we will. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick up on page one sixty one, halfway through the bottom paragraph. Uh, where we stopped last week was. Um, no one is too discredited or has sunk too low to be welcomed cordially into the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous if he means business. This is another uh, this is another thing that you know we we talk about this over and over, Monty. Uh, but it's it's important to really take this information and put it into the proper context. What really was going on back then? Uh-huh. And there was no one uh, that they would not let into the fellowship um, as long as they meant business. Now, what did they mean by if he means business? Well, is he willing to follow directions? What does that mean? Well, if you're willing to follow directions, they've got they've got the directions basically for the steps. Um, the uh, the Oxford Group uh, process of that time, which later translated into the steps, and that's how they found out whether you meant business or not, whether you were willing to uh, to start writing inventory, whether you were willing to share it, whether you were willing uh, to make a demonstration that you were going to turn your will and your life over to the care of God, uh, whether you were willing to go out and make amends, uh, whether you were willing to pray and meditate on a daily basis, and whether you were willing to work with other people. If you weren't willing to do any of those things, they didn't consider that you meant business and you weren't welcomed cordially. Uh-huh. It was as simple as that. Some of the early meetings actually had bouncers. You know, they, they really didn't want <laughs> anybody wandering in. It really was a later... Um, manifestation when uh, when the the uh, uh, the 12-step fellowships began to allow just anybody to come in and you know not be held accountable to working the 12 steps not being not being made to do anything they could just you know they had they had whatever they had the same right as anybody else to be in the meeting and sit in the back and sit there and complain and never never do anything to get better um, that was 
all quite well and fine. And that was a, a later, uh, a later uh, change, really, to the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and you know, for, for good or for bad, um, I think it's good that people who really don't understand how much trouble they're in get a chance to wander in, and sometimes they catch alcoholism and get uh, enthused to work a program. Um, but what really happens a lot is a lot of people uh, come in and never get better uh, because they never work a, a recovery program. They work a fellowship, and the fellowship just keeps them stagnantly sober. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Social distinctions, petty rivalries, and jealousies, these are laughed out of continents, being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others. The things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. How could they? You know, again, Bill uses uses these examples, being wrecked in the same life, uh, you know, same lifeboat, and really that's us. And it talks here a little bit about the shift in perspective, the shift in perception that really is the awakened spirit uh, of the 12th step. Um, we're being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others. The things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them or to us. How could they? Under only slightly different conditions, the same thing is taking place in many eastern cities. In one of these, there is a well-known hospital for the treatment of alcoholic and drug addiction. Um, This would be uh, Towns Hospital. Six years ago, one of our number was a patient there. Many of us have felt for the first time the presence and power of God within its walls. We are greatly indebted to the doctor in attendance there, for he, although it might prejudice his own work, has told us, told us of his belief in ours. Again, when you, go, when you go back to the doctor's opinion in the beginning of the book, Monty, it's absolutely amazing that he wrote what he wrote. He was, he was supposedly the expert on uh, uh, addiction treatment and alcoholism treatment. And basically he was saying, you know, I really can't, I really can't do a lot. <laughs> but these guys that are standing on the soapbox proclaiming, you know, Jesus is Lord uh, and running around and talking to, you know, running around trying to help alcoholics, they've got something that works. You know, it really is kind of amazing. Um, uh, but uh, but that's what that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Every few days, this doctor suggests our approach to one of his patients. Understanding our work, he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. Who would be the ones that are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis? Uh, you might ask, Monty. Uh, And that's very, very simple. It talks about it and how it works. It's the people that can and will give themselves to this simple program. Mm. Those are the people who who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. Many of us former patients go there to help. Then, in this eastern city, there are informal meetings, such as we have described to you, where you may now see scores of members. There are the same fast friendships. There is the same helpfulness to one another as you uh, find among our Western friends. There is a good bit of travel between the East and West, and we foresee a great increase in this helpful interchange. You know, 
maybe maybe in 1939 there was some helpful interchange between New York and Akron, Monty, <laughs> but uh, but that kind of that kind of broke down there. There uh, there really uh, became uh, a, a rivalry between New York and Akron, and when uh, and and when. The uh, the Cleveland group started up. It even got worse between you know Cleveland and and uh, New York. When when you get involved with really digging into the early history of AA, you know the letter writing and you know what was going on between Hank Parkhurst and Henry Cyberling and Clarence Snyder and all these people, you really see that it's amazing that the that the the unity of these groups were able to maintain themselves and AA didn't blow up. Because because of uh, personalities over principles in the early days. I, I really do think uh, a lot of the infighting and rivalries uh, between uh, Cleveland, Akron, and New York uh, really led Bill to believe that he needed to, needed to codify uh, the traditions to keep, uh, you know, to keep these things from sure. uh, from getting as serious as they could get. I I, uh, I got I got a question here. I don't want to jump ahead into a near, new series yet uh, uh, that we're talking about doing, uh, but but and I'll probably be asking the same question uh, if and when we do the traditions. But you know, it's interesting to me in. Uh, in our traditions, where it's it says uh, you know the personal recovery depends on upon AA unity. Yes, <laughs> I'm always like, I am so glad that's not true, because my personal recovery, if it depended on the unity of some of the AA meetings that I've attended, <laughs> my personal recovery would be shot. Now, I I understand the spirit in which that is is stated, but it sounds to me like once again. Not by human power, but by uh, the divine touch of the Almighty of our Creator um, is why this thing hasn't fallen to pieces. Because if it was left up to our uh, our unity on our power, I think we would have been down the toilet a long time ago. You know, when you when you look at the the traditions and you even look at some of the concepts, you'll, you'll see that uh, that uh, uh, the um, the Conscious of God, the consciousness of God is is invoked in the the traditions. In other words, the the group conscience is a direct reflection of the consciousness of God. Is basically what Bill says in some of uh, some of the the tradition material. And I believe I believe you know I believe you're 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 right too. I mean I've seen groups blow up. I've been part of groups that have exploded. Uh, you know, there'll there'll be a, a power driver over here, and you know, and there'll be there'll be somebody that wants the direction of the meeting to, to go different over there. I, I mean, I actually have been part of uh, groups that one day there was 120 people there, the next day there was four, um, because of uh, hostile group conscience meetings and people who wanted to use the traditions as weapons instead of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to inform them in you know the best ways to operate at a group level, uh, you know. So I'm 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 with you. Uh, you know, this book was really written about uh, the reliance upon God. The reliance upon groups came later, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's not necessarily not necessarily a great improvement. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna. You know, you wanted to end with a bang. I'll say something very controversial uh, right here and now. All right. And, and you got to understand, I love, uh, I love the material uh, that comes out of Alcoholics Anonymous. I love um, 
Bill Wilson and his writings. I love the book Alcoholics Anonymous. I think it, it informs all uh, types of addiction and alcoholism recovery as well as obsessive compulsive disorder recovery. <clears throat> it, it informs all of that. It is so wise. Um, and uh, I, I also agree with the theory of the traditions. In other words, the tr- the uh, the the point of each of the traditions. Uh, I believe very strongly in uh, in what those traditions are trying to protect. However, I really believe it's time to rewrite them. And what I what I mean by that is, in this day and age, with uh, with the tradition for uh, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. That's that's really misleading, and you you really have to dig deeply into that tradition to really see that Alcoholics Anonymous is for alcoholics. Okay, it's hard to see that, and because it's not written specifically covering that very well, you get people who don't think Alcoholics Anonymous is for alcoholics. They think it's for drug addicts and anybody and everybody that wants to come in and have a desire not to drink. You know, so I really think that that needs to be uh, needs to be written rewritten. I think that the I think that the um, the eleventh uh, and twelfth traditions need to be rewritten, not because anonymity is not the spiritual foundation of our fellowship, not that not because uh, anonymity and a, a sense of humility um, uh, is not very important for personal recovery, but because the language in those traditions allow so many people to believe that anonymity means secrecy. And if they get sober, they should shut up and go underground. And that is, and anything that, 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 that would possibly lead somebody to believe that once they get sober, they should go underground and not tell anybody they're now sober and recovered. Anything like that is a very bad thing. And yeah. I'm not saying that the traditions themselves are bad. I'm saying that the language and the way those traditions were written in the 12 and 12, uh, the long form, the short form, I don't care what form, needs to be rewritten because way too many people are dying today because because so few people actually stand up and say, I went to treatment in 1982. You know, I went to a 12-step fellowship and I got sober. 12-step fellowships work. You don't have to live like that anymore. And instead of doing that, they're they're staying they're staying underground and they don't want to tell anybody that they're sober. They don't want to tell anybody that they've recovered. Uh, and and nobody understands now that nobody thinks that AA works. Nobody thinks that the 12 steps work. So you know that may be a very very controversial statement, and I doubt very much Alcoholics Anonymous will will show the foresight or the 
ability to, you know, have the right kind of meetings to be able to actually rewrite the traditions in language more reflective and more responsible to uh, to the fellowship and the program today. I doubt very much that'll happen, but I really, I really do believe that it should. And so, what I Does that what make I, any sense? Yeah, what I hear you saying is, is you're not for uh, changing the spirit of, of what's being said in the traditions. You're ma- you you want it so people can clearly understand what the the program is teaching there, and not misunderstand because of out of date language. Uh, it was they there's at least three traditions that were not well written monty and uh and bill just didn't see the problems that were going to come 50 60 years uh out he was writing for a period of time in the late 40s where where alcoholics anonymous was a much different thing than it is today and the language in uh in uh uh, the tradition for membership and the language in the traditions for anonymity do not do, uh, are not well laid out for what our responsibility as recovered alcoholics really should be, mm-hmm. or or who should be in the meetings. You know who Alcoholics Anonymous is for. Um, they're not they're not well written. They allow way too much ambiguity. Uh, do I believe, though, in the tradition? Yes, absolutely. I, I believe that uh, the only desire uh, for membership should be a desire uh, to not drink. Once you've qualified yourself as an alcoholic, let, you let me, know what I mean? Let me play uh, devil's advocate here, though, Chris. You did say uh, in one of the, uh, the other shows that we've done in this series, we were talking about uh, the decision they came to to whether to open this thing up for people that uh, may or may not be alcoholics, and, and you said you thought that that was the right choice. They, they made that choice, and and he, and here's why I think that's the right choice, Monty. I would rather there be five people in the meeting that don't belong there than to lose one person that does. However, as a response, as a responsible, uh, as a responsible person, you know, you you need to. There's way too many groups where um, where well-intentioned professionals decide to dump people into the meetings because it's a great place to put them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there'll be, there'll be drug treatment programs where there'll be, you know, the crack wing and the, the opiate wing and there'll, there'll be the post-traumatic stress people from the VAs and, you know, they'll be looking around for places to put people and it's just real easy to decide to drive them to the local AA meeting. Okay. And, and you ask yourself, well, why are they taking the addicts to the AA meeting? Uh, you know, why are they doing that? Well, it's because they only have one van, Monty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's that's what they want to do. And, uh, and again, there's there's a lot of ambiguity with the tradition that allows this. Now, when when you have a lot of people in the meetings who are new, who really aren't alcoholic, they're all kinds of other things, it's going to slowly erode and deteriorate that meeting to the point where all the good people, all the people with recovery are going to leave. You know, there'll be some people that still want to stay there and 
help the newcomers. But if all the newcomers are, you know, are, are not alcoholic, there are other things, then they're not going to want to. They're going to not going to want to stay there, right? Because the way this this particular tradition is written, it allows for this stuff. You know, they're telling them, well, just just identify yourself as an alcoholic, or, or just tell it. You know, just announce your, that you have a desire to stop drinking, and nobody can kick you out. And it, you know, it's a total misunderstanding of the the true. Uh, nature of that particular tradition in the early days they they made sure you were an alcoholic and they made sure you were going to mean business and you were going to go through the steps or you weren't allowed into the meeting you know now now i think um a lot of times people well, i see two things happening i i see newcomers if they stay around become old timers and if a newcomer comes in who does not have the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body, who's not a true alcoholic, who may not need a spiritual awakening to stop drinking, becomes an old-timer, and or becomes somebody who is sponsoring other people or teaching, and they're teaching that you don't necessarily need to have this spiritual awakening. I didn't have it, they say. Uh, then they're teaching the next newcomer, who very possibly may be a true alcoholic, uh, they're teaching them how to die is what's happening there. That's the one thing I was going to say. The other thing is, is on the other side of the coin, is we have people that come into the fellowship that haven't got a clue if they are or they, they aren't. We talk about the heavy drinker uh, not that isn't the alcoholic that has all these terrible things happen to him when he drinks. But at some point, if it gets bad enough, he can just quit and never drink again. Because he's not truly an alcoholic, he doesn't have the obsession of the mind, and uh, uh, but this guy doesn't know if he is or not, and so the only way he's going to find out is if there are people in the meeting that truly are that can teach this book like we've been doing in this series, so they can find out if they really are or not by identifying with, like you said, Bill's story in here. Um, it is my problem that I can't, or, 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 or that I can't control my drinking, and when I'm so, sober, I can't stay that way. Or isn't it? You know. Um, so that's that's kind of the way I look at. It. But isn't it a tricky thing, though? I mean, to, in this day and age, because we've got such this the cross stuff going on, um, we've kind of got ourselves into a mess, haven't we? You know, the, the most important thing I think that you can learn when you come into a 12-step fellowship, because a lot of times you're not going to learn this in treatment or therapy or anything else, is the truth about your your own first step. What is, what is your truth? And, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a bad thing if you find out you're not really an alcoholic. Okay. Yeah, really. That's huh? actually going to be a good thing, because because then you, you know you've got more options in, in front of you. But uh, the the most important thing that you can find out when you come into a twelve step uh, fellowship is to find out the truth, your truth about what your your first step truth really is. You know, what do you have an obsession uh, over? What do you have a physical craving over? Wh wherein lies the unmanageability, and mm -hmm. how does that wrap around um, the addiction or the alcoholism? And you need to be offered the dignity 
of that information and not told a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of mumbo jumbo like like you know you, you'll you'll hear things like kid nobody ever gets in here by mistake. Well, let, let me tell you, probably over 50% of the people that show up are there by, by <laughs> mistake. And, and, and they will, they, you know, uh, AA is like a self-cleaning oven. It, you know, the, you know the, uh, the, <laughs> the stuff that doesn't belong is going to burn off after a while. But, uh, but there are a lot of people that get there by mistake. So an informed sponsor or an informed uh, spiritual advisor, the first thing they're going to do is help you identify what your issue is. And and if you're one of these sponsors or spiritual advisors that never find out that you have a heavy drinker, uh, then maybe you're doing it wrong. Because I find out when I'm working with people all the time right. that I've got a heavy drinker who really is more of a, more of a, a drug addict than an alcoholic. And again... I don't want anybody to think that, that there should be 12-step police, people that run around and decide who belong and who, who doesn't belong. You know, if you do this thing right, you'll figure out whether you belong or not, and you'll know what to do. You don't need people kicking you out. But the, but the fact of the matter is, is we have a, you know, this particular 12-step fellowship has a primary purpose. It has... Uh, 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 the, the primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics uh, achieve recovery. And, and uh, when that primary purpose is uh, paramount, then you're going to have a healthy fellowship. When it's not, you're not going to. And, and listen, I have been around enough 12-step enough uh, support groups to see what happens when groups don't care about the primary purpose. You you wouldn't believe what uh, what you'll get when when that happens. So again, I, I'm not stating that we shouldn't be doing the traditions or the traditions should be got, gotten rid of. I'm stating that I believe some of the language in a few of the traditions need to be rewritten uh, to to make clear in this day and age uh, the things that those traditions really do stand for and the things that they don't stand for. And certainly anything that allows uh, a recovered alcoholic to believe that they should stay quiet about their recovery is a horrible thing. Yeah. And and if uh, if the language in the the last two traditions lead people to believe that then there needs to be language put in there that tells the that tells them that that's not so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What you're not supposed to do is you're not supposed to admit membership in any 12-step fellowship nor say that you speak for it. And that's how uh, that's how you uh, you uh, follow that tradition. And if you do admit to membership in a twelve step fellowship, or you do say that you speak for it, you're not supposed to uh, have your picture or your last name in that piece of uh, in that piece right. of uh, media. That's what the tradition that's says. What, yeah. Yet people believe that they're anonymous, and it's. It's Alcoholics Anonymous, and we must be anonymous. And that that's as far from the truth as uh, as can be. <laughs> well, folks, there there you have we, we a, a great uh, segue into when we do the traditions. <laughs> it's wetting yeah, right. It's wetting their whistle, man. That, that, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna, great. Oh boy, listen to this guy. Yeah, he is because here here you go. If you think you love, if you think you liked this series. Just wait until you hear the next one. 
Um, oh, man. I know. <laughs> this, this, this Chris guy is so opinionated. Boy, you, you, you might want to get rid of your email address. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know the amazing thing, Monty? No one has written a, a bad email uh, to me yet, which I, I just can't even believe. Oh, that's awesome. I can't even believe. All right, let's get back to the All right. here. Uh, 162 down at the bottom. Someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. To some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. Little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities through contact with our two larger centers. Those of us who travel drop in as often as we can. Um, uh, those of us, um, this practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which <laughs> any traveling man can inform you. <laughs> and we, we, we know Bill and what he's talking about there, unfortunately. There's an asterisk down there, and then at the bottom it says uh, uh, there were about, this is 1939, in 1990 there were about 88,000 groups there is AA activity in 134 countries with an estimated membership of 2 million. It's almost suggesting, okay, uh, check this out with these distractions that are on the road. Just know that there are 88,000 groups. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you, you yeah. know, if you, you, can find, you can find a meeting. Uh, you can definitely find a meeting. You find it in the white pages, believe it or not, just, uh, just looking up at AA. That usually gets you to an intergroup office where somebody's answering a phone and somebody's got a meeting book in front of them. So, you know, you, you, almost anywhere you go, you're going to be able to find a meeting. Yeah. Um, thus we grow, and so can you. Though you be but one man with this book in your hand, we believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. Um, you know, I, I come from a I come from a time where uh, people that would walk into twelve step fellowship meetings with this book in their hand, Monty, uh-huh. would uh, would get a real hard time. They'd be they'd be uh, uh, at worst ostracized, at best ignored. Uh, and basically, you know, it's it's saying that. If you're one man with this book in your hand, you can start something. You can get something going. You can go out and find people to take uh, uh, take through the work, and you can you can form your own fellowship. Um, you can create the fellowship that you crave. Right. We know what you were thinking. You were saying to yourself, "I am jittery. I, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that." But you can. You forget that you have just now tapped a source of power much greater than yourself. To duplicate, with such backing, what we have accomplished is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. We know of an AA member who was living in a large community. He had lived there but, uh, but a few weeks when he found that the place was probably, uh, had probably contained more alcoholics per square mile than any, any city in the country. This was only a few days ago at this writing. The authorities were much concerned. He got in touch with a prominent psychiatrist who had undertaken certain responsibilities for the mental health of the community. The doctor proved to be able and exceedingly anxious to adopt any workable method of handling the situation. So he inquired, what did our friend have on the ball? Our friend proceeded to tell him, and with such good effect that the doctor agreed to a test among his patients and certain other alcoholics from a clinic which he attends. Arrangements were also made with the chief psychiatrist of a large public hospital to st- select still others from the stream of misery which flows through that institution. So our fellow worker will soon have friends galore. Some of them may sink and perhaps never get up, 
but if our experience is a criterion, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. When a few men in this city have found themselves and have discovered the joy of helping others to face life again, there will be no stopping until everyone in that town has had his opportunity to recover, if he can and will. You know, that was uh, that was uh, Montclair uh, uh, State Hospital and Greystone uh, were two of the places that, that uh, uh, Bill uh, was involved with early on. Those are two places in New Jersey. Uh, two hospitals. Um, they would go to Greystone to get people for the meetings. They would drive from New York City out to Greystone, load up the car uh, with people who had alcohol histories, bring them back to the meeting in Manhattan or Newark, and uh, you know that's what that's what they were doing back in the day. And a lot of them, Monty, a lot of them, uh, you know, ended up really getting sober. Uh, most of them probably didn't, but a lot of them did. Here's a story and this is from a, this is from oral tradition and I, and I think that you'll like this story. But the name Alcoholics Anonymous. Here is where it came from. And I heard one of the first 100 on a tape talk about this story. They had picked up a bunch of people from Braystone Hospital and brought them back to New York uh to to go to a meeting. This is sometime around 1938-37. And uh, they had picked up a, a couple of people who, you know, wet brain. They, you know, some of them were were almost wet brain. They were they were really really in advanced uh, alcohol psychosis is what they would call it back then. But they loaded these guys in, and they they had a rocker. One of these guys who was sitting on the floor hugging himself in a fetal position, rocking back and forth. Uh huh. And it was during the meeting. You know, these meetings would go on two or three hours sometimes back in the day. And while they were talking, this guy was mumbling. And Bill or somebody who was running the meeting said, "What? What? What the, what the hell is that guy saying?" Uh, and somebody listened real close, and the and the the nut that was rocking was mumbling, "Anonymous alcoholic, anonymous alcoholic, anonymous alcoholic." That's what he was mumbling in the middle of the meeting, and that name stuck. So, so, so Alcoholics Anonymous <laughs> was named by a nut. That's great. Which, which is pretty pretty appropriate, I think. <laughs> what a great story. That is awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah. So 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 somebody wasn't sitting in the rocky back and forth going the James Club. Yeah. The yeah. James. <laughs> no. no, or the Bill Wilson movement. Or the Bill uh, Wilson movement. Yeah. Bill Wilson wanted the Bill Wilson movement. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh, that's awesome. What a great story. Still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. How about that for a promise, Monty? Mm. You know, mm -hmm. God will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. Now, you can't go down to the local meetings and change them. But what you can do with, with this book in your hand, you can find future members. You can take them through the steps, and you can create the fellowship you crave. I've, you know, I know, I know that's possible from personal experience. Uh, going in as a disgruntled group member and wanting to change everything, uh, you know, without getting uh, getting dirty, uh, you know, out there in the world, taking people through the steps. Uh, that may not, you may not be able to create the fellowship you crave that way, but you can with a book in your hand where you're going out and you're finding people to take through the work. Yeah. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
let me tell you, they knew an awful lot. This book still informs the most modern of alcohol and drug treatment processes. It still informs it because this stuff works. And many of uh, the psychotherapeutic uh, medical uh, pharmaceutical uh, methodologies do not. They just don't, especially when you have a real alcoholic or a real drug addict, someone who has really lost the power of choice. You know, this is what, this is what works. <clears throat> God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. So what are you supposed to do in the morning, Monty? Ask God. Uh, you're supposed uh, to have a morning meditation. meditation. And, 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 and you're supposed to be asking God about what you can do to help to, to other help, people. To help somebody who, who is still sick. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, not, and, you know, not, you shouldn't be surprised that, you know, if you pray that in the morning, don't be surprised, listeners, if when you walk out of the house before you even get to work, you you come across somebody that's sick, and thank thank God that He answered your prayer because you could be helping save somebody's life. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, and and, and that happens that happens every day. Oh yeah. Uh, in the last two days, Monty, I was involved in a twelve step adventure that's uh, you know helping helping somebody. Uh, who knows if it's gonna gonna save his life, but it but it's helping somebody, and uh, you know it, it's. We get to do things like that. We get to do things like that. We get to be a part of helping other people. And, yeah. and when they're at that really, really bad part of their life where they've got no hope and no direction, guess what? We get to be there, and we get to help them. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, remarkable thing. Yeah. The answers will come. If your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. I love that. You cannot transmit something you haven't got. So if you haven't gone through the steps and had a spiritual awakening as the result of the 12 steps, you cannot transmit uh, the message of the steps, and you cannot transmit the importance of a spiritual awakening. At best, you can you can give a little bit of one-liners and a little bit of advice and a little bit of, this is how I stay sober a day at a time. You can't share about recovery. So... You can't transmit something you haven't got. See mm-hmm. to it that your relationship with God is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Wow. You know, here, this is so important for every listener, for myself, even for you, to really understand uh, how important this this statement is, because uh, what I see here in the first part that you read is an answer that a lot of uh, to a question that a lot of people ask: Can somebody sponsor somebody in the twelve steps if they're brand new? Well, this seems to answer that question to me. Now we know that we can help; we can reach out to the other to the to the hurting alcoholic just by being there your first day. I mean, there are things that you can do to help the newcomer, even if you are a newcomer. Um, but you're going to be limited until you actually have worked these steps and have experienced the spiritual awakening um, that this book is talking about, right? Yeah, you, you know, you can only give away what you have. Now, if you're sober two or three days and you're gritting your teeth and you, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're hanging in there, you can try to have 
help somebody else hang in there. Right. But what what really is the most benefit uh, to 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 people is to actually have a recovery experience, have a spiritual awakening based on uh, the the actual taking of the twelve steps and carrying that uh, message to other people. Uh, that's just you know you can do one of two things: you can encourage somebody to not drink, or you can offer them the solution. The mm-hmm. alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Now, now w- what would you rather be doing? You know. Yeah, given the solution. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Now, this part. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Now, this could open up a whole can of worms, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to just go ahead and open it because open I it. I believe that this is extremely serious. What does that mean? Well, first of all, I need to look at the author. I, I'm, I'm looking. I believe God gave gave us this book. I believe He gave us the author, uh, the slash authors, and, uh, and and has worked through them to bring us this marvelous program. Now, if I believe that, then I'm going to believe that if He's working through these folks, that I can rely, like the doctor said in the beginning, we can re- we can rely absolutely on what they have to say. So. How did they get uh, uh, their relationship right with him? One of the things that I appreciate about Reverend Sam Shoemaker, Bill W., uh, 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 Dr. Bob, and, uh, and so many others, Henrietta Cyberling, and all these guys, is they, they came to a place where they realized that they could not work themselves or reason themselves into right relationship with God. Hmm, is that a contradiction to this? No. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Well, how do we do that? They accepted God into their lives just as they were, where, where, where uh, uh, Sam Shoemaker and, and Ann Smith, uh, you know, they, they, they made this statement, abandon as much of yourself as you understand to as much mm-hmm. of God as you understand. Um. So whether you understood him as nothing or, or, or the great almighty himself, you know, this is a great beginning, it talks about. Uh, the deal of it is, is that when God, and here I'm going to say it, folks. Oh, this is going to drive people crazy. When God looks at us, I truly believe this. I believe it because I believe in the good book, which is referred to a number of times in this book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and in tons of our literature. That the founders carried this book with them, not this book, but the good book, with them. They were rarely without it. That we are in right standing with God because of what he's done for us and the love that he is, is offering us because of his nature, not because of our works. If it was because of our works, then we could, we could get rid of our character defects and we wouldn't have to ask God to remove them. So how am I in, in, in right relationship with him? I believe that's saying to our maker, God, take me just as I am, warts and all. And because of that great hand of love that reaches down, when we ask that, uh, we want to do things for him. We want to reach out to the alcoholic who still suffers. We have a, a, and not just a hunger to help people, we have a need to do that. We, uh, Bill W., just wanted to tell everybody, you know. And I think that when God moves in our life like that, 
when we sit around saying things like, well, I'm just a drunk and I don't know anything and uh, and misinterpret that, you know, well, the, the more I learn, the less I know. I just don't know anything. Uh, false humility. Yeah, that false humility thing. Then we step out from underneath the protective covering of our creator and we are not in right standing with him because we're telling him we are not the wonderful thing that he has created. And I think that's when we cannot give this thing away. We can give it away. We accept the fact that it's not that we're worthy. It's because he's worthy. It's because of his passion for us. It's because of his character that we are in right standing with him. And I think when we accept that, then we are in right standing with him. You know, I believe, uh, I believe that the grace of God flows, flows evenly. It, it, would, it, would, it would have to. So often it's about us recognizing that, that grace and acting appropriately. I, I was taught by one of my early, earlier spiritual advisors that, that, um, that, you know, I, didn't do, I wasn't to do this work so that I could stay sober and I could recover from alcoholism. I was to do this work to seek, to seek a relationship with that which would solve my problem and enable me to recover from alcoholism. And that's two very, very oh, different things. Yes, it is. And, yes, it you know, is. Uh, again, we're, you know, we're talking about a, a spiritual maturity that, that kind of happens over time. You do enough step work, and you, you gain a relationship with God. You just do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the point of it. You know, so, um, so someone who's, who's matured uh, well in the 12-step uh, process is, is going to be very, very far along with their, yeah. with their relationship with, uh, with the God that, uh, that you know, is, is, is solving their problems and keeping them safe and protected. Mm-hmm. Here's some uh, here's some instructions. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Now, this is a great paragraph. Um, the fellowship of the spirit. I believe the fellowship of the spirit. Uh, we recognize each other, Monty. If I bumped into you at a meeting somewhere, I would recognize that you're in the fellowship of the spirit. You've done this work. You are recovered. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you know, you have a relationship with God, and you're about the business of helping God's other other children. You are in the fellowship of the spirit. But there's also the spirit of the fellowship. You know, uh, the spirit of the fellowship is all the fellowship stuff that can be really great. The the sober softball, the the getting to meetings early and, you know, smoking the cigarettes outside and catching up with your friends. That's the spirit of the fellowship, and that's that's a good thing, too. But the fellowship of the spirit is, is what this whole thing is about, being in the fellowship of the spirit. And here where it says, trudge the road of happy destiny. You know, I used to look upon that, uh, that, that instruction as trudging. It, you almost think like somebody's walking through hip deep mud. I know. <laughs> and their boots are coming off and they can't get anywhere. Well, if you look up trudge in a period dictionary, you know, from the thirties, mm-hmm. you'll find one of, uh, one of the de- definitions is to walk with purpose. Mm. And isn't that what we're doing? Aren't we walking uh, a step at a time, a day at a time, 
um, uh, aren't we walking with purpose into this fellowship of the Spirit? Wow, that's that's powerful. I've heard that before, and uh, it, it because because you're right. When I when I first came in and I first read this or heard this, I thought trudge trudge the road to happy, happy trudge happy. Really? Happy trudge, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, what what greater uh, uh, way to walk than to walk with purpose? To walk set apart. Uh, in fact, the word uh, uh, the word holy. Part of that whole whole thing is uh, being set apart for a specific purpose. Um, walking with a purpose it, it, it can actually be interpreted as, as walking in holiness. Now, I know that sounds strange uh, and may sound uh, like a religious statement or so, but it's just a it just has to do with the Greek and the original terminology and so forth. Sure. But what a cool thing! I mean, it, <coughs> here we are. Um, we say we're not saints. <clears throat> and in, and I understand that back in in the day when we we were recognizing in, in Catholicism and so forth the naming of saints and that kind of thing and we're, we don't want to take on on that position because we're you know we want to stay humble and and all but the truth of the matter is God has set each and every one of us aside for a special purpose He has a plan for each one of our lives and I believe Chris very strongly I do now anyway that God through His Spirit drew me. To him, I I I wasn't I wasn't drowning. One of my friends says this. I love it. I wasn't drowning and 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 reaching for that life preserver. I was at the bottom of the ocean. I was unconscious, and God reached down with His hand and lifted me out. That's how powerless I am, and and uh, uh, drew me into this fellowship. Um, he had to get me sober first. You know, to 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 be able to work with me and use me and to fulfill a plan that he had for me. Um, but the reason that he he brought me to the fellowship, I don't believe um, getting me sober was the re- I mean, that's that's the part. That's the beginning. But I think the whole picture uh, in the vision in my life was to do much greater things than just get sober, sober, being sober was just so I could clear my head to do what he wants me to do. Silver would not have been good enough for me. No. No, 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 no. no. And, you know, there, there's, a, there's a maturity of recovery that happens with people. And the, the, the more mature they get and the more they learn uh, <clears throat> in their spiritual life uh, as, they, as they stay sober and recover, the more they will give, uh, they, will, they, will, they will give the, uh, the credit uh, to God, because they've seen just how powerless they were. They've seen uh, how how uh, how how powerful, cunning, and baffling uh, alcoholism was, and they saw that it was too much for them. And they saw that they needed uh, a power, uh, seemingly from outside of themselves, to to be able to help them recover. And and yet here they are recovered. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a maturity about uh, offering that. Uh, the credit to God, mm-hmm. and 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 there's an immaturity. There's an immaturity about taking it for yourself. In other words, well, I'm sober today because I go to a whole bunch of meetings and I keep it simple and I put the plug in the jug. There's there's an immaturity to that type of an attitude, and there's there's a spiritual maturity to someone who is really seeking a better relationship with the, the power that they believe is has is, uh, has solved their problems and and saved them from. Uh, you know, from ruin. Mm-hmm. 
You know? Yeah. Yeah. It says here, may God bless you and keep you until then. That's the last sentence, Monty. Mm. So, so much for avoiding the God talk. The very last sentence in this, may God keep you. Not the <laughs> yeah. meetings, not, not, not your sponsor, <laughs> not the tree outside or the radiator, but may God keep you. May your may your big hierarchical uh, 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 cultish home group keep you sober. Yeah. Does not say that. May your good orderly direction keep <laughs> keep you till then. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I can't reason myself sober, man. I just can't do it. I know. <laughs> well, this has been an experience of a lifetime for me, Chris. It really has, and I believe that those who are at this. Uh, at this part of uh, the, the audio DVD um, would agree with that. I, I really do. Um, if you don't, maybe you need to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> but this is the thing. Once you've listened to this, you, you may have a desire to go back and listen to other ones and maybe you particularly love uh, we, agno- we Agnostics or, or The Wives or whatever. But listen, here's the thing, folks. We are offering this thing to you for $25, which is nothing, really, it isn't. It, 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 because, this is the thing. We want you to carry the message from this. We want you to take this a step further. Please just don't listen to this and put it on your on your shelf and say, oh, yeah, I've got that. Here it is right up here. I listened to this five years ago and not share it with somebody. Please don't do that. And, uh, you know, sit some people down. Have yourself a book study. I mean, what a great tool to have. There are already people who get together every week and listen on the Internet to this book study. There is a group of people I work with every Thursday at 9.30 in the morning that listen to this. You guys can do it, too. All you got to do is uh, maybe get some ice water out or make coffee or, or don't do any of that. Just invite them over and do this thing. I promise you that you will be blessed because I, I believe very strongly and I believe Chris does too, that God has put his hand of blessing on this audio CD package. And I hope I'm not sounding like one of those guys, you know, and that's not all. You get two serving spoons and some Ginsu <laughs> knives, you know. We, we get the Ginsu knives, you know, if you buy two of these. Yeah. Uh, li- listen, there's, there's nothing so, so valuable as, uh, as a, a workshop that's actually transformative. Yeah. yeah. In other words, if if you actually do the things that we talk about, Monty, if you just talk about them, uh, you know, you'll get a you get a spiritual shot in the arm. If you actually do the things that we talked about, you're going to have a life changing experience. You you you're gonna you're gonna leave the mundane behind and 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 embrace the extraordinary. And, and I believe that every one of you out there that is listening, if you are embarking on becoming a sponsor for the first time, uh, listen to this again. Because if you're listening to it now, you, what you're hearing me say now, you probably have gone through it. Uh, listen to it again. Share it with your sponsor. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can stop. Like, like you know, when we were do- went to the steps and it says now we are at step three. Um, we can, you can listen to that and you can stop and you can actually do the step. Right, Chris? Absolutely. That's really the way it's uh, it's meant to be done. Yeah. Where there's an instruction, do the instructions to the best of your ability, then then pick it back up and move on. Uh, that that's how you work a uh, program. Uh, do not make the mistake that by learning this stuff intellectually, 
you will be taking the steps. It's, it's way more than, than learning or thinking. It really is about doing. Yeah. Amen to that. You can pick up a copy of this DVD, audio DVD, uh, right here at Take12Radio.com. You can email us at Take12Radio at Comcast.net. That's T-A-K-E, the number 12, radio at Comcast.net. And just say, um, I'm requesting um, the audio DVD, Walking Through the Big Book. And or you can call 541 Nine two six five eight zero six, and uh, we'll arrange to get that out to you, Chris. Any last words, my friends, my friend? You know, all, all I can say, Monty, is uh, is uh, you know, my life was over in the eighties. I was heading downhill so fast. Uh, if I would have continued drinking into nineteen ninety, I probably wouldn't have made it halfway through that year. Uh, I was exposed to some things that I didn't really buy into right away. I didn't really fully see how they applied to me, but I was just dumb enough to stick with it for a while and uh, and get exposed to some people who had, had an experience with this work. Uh, I got my own experience with this work, and there's been no, no looking back. My You know, my life is... Uh, is extraordinary today, and and it, it's not out of any sense of virtue. It's it's just out of uh, following a path that many other people had had followed before me, and and benefiting from the results of that path. And uh, you know, Monty, I've really enjoyed doing this uh, this workshop with you. Rare, rarely, uh, rarely have I had a a better relationship with someone who uh, I was doing this this work with. And you know, God bless you for. Uh, uh, for uh, allowing this, you know, uh, making it possible for this particular workshop uh, to go off. And, um, you know, um, I got a lot out of it. Uh, I'm sure that you did. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you're one of those people who's who's actually listened to, to every one of these, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> At, we want, we want to know that you exist. Absolutely. Is there an email address for you, uh, Chris, that they can email as well? Ab- absolutely. My em- email address is C Schroeder, C S C H R O E D E R, and then the number is one nine five six at gmail dot com. That's that's my. Uh... That's how you get a hold of me. All right, and and uh, uh, that is uh, uh, also on uh, the the back cover of the DVD is the inform the contact information with uh, Chris's website, my website, and uh, folks, it's 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 in your hands now. You got to take it from here, <laughs> and and enjoy, really, really enjoy. Chris has been a marvelous opportunity for me too, and and likewise, everything back at you, man. It's also, it, it it's not only benefiting people that are listening. It's like so much of the stuff that we do uh, in our programs is that it's benefiting us, and we've gotten closer and become even better friends. And yes. it, it's been marvelous. It's been marvelous. It's been great. All right, my brother, stay on the line, folks. <laughs> it is so good to be involved in things like this, my friends. You can't just keep it to yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> this is, uh, of course, the Monty Man and Chris Schroeder, and uh, we just love you guys. We really, really do. Now take this out and share it. Until next time. Hmm, the 12 traditions? Maybe. This is the Monty Man along with Chris Schroeder, and we are wishing God's perfect surrender for you. Bye-bye.
This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. <laughs>